Welcome to the Yellow Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Marhofer Duggar, and I have the pleasure of introducing you to a woman who's become a wonderful and very sweet friend. And she and I met through uh, some dear friends of mine, Heath and Melissa Cook, that are pastors of Covenant Church in Willis, Texas. So shout out to Covenant if you're mm-hmm. ever in that area or if you are in that area and seeking a place of worship and community please visit Covenant Church because you will not be disappointed. The love of God is there and you will be welcomed and embraced by an incredible community. So today I have the pleasure of speaking with Lindsay Hutto. And she and I met at Covenant, um, but specifically got to spend a little bit more time together at a leadership brunch that um, I was invited to do for Covenant for their leaders. And Lindsay, welcome to the Yellow Soul Podcast. I'm so delighted to have you with us today. And we get to hear your fascinating and incredible and redeeming story of resilience that you are still walking out. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. Well, I got to hear you speak when I came in uh, Mm -hmm. for an event with Covenant for the leadership uh, brunch that you spoke that Friday night. And I, I had never personally heard your story before. And the retreat that I did last year with Covenant uh, on Bolivar Peninsula, that was around the same time uh, in that last year that this was unraveling in your life. And wow, I'm, I stand in awe of your family and your strength and your story. And so Mm I know our listeners are on the edge of their seat. So <laughs> dive in with us, please take us there. Take us to all the, uh, the, uh, the goodness and also the very dark places that you've been that you made some hard choices, but God has brought you through time and again. Yeah. So this last year has definitely been, um, probably the hardest, uh, year I would say of my entire life and, and definitely for my family. Um, on August 12th, 2021, um, our son, we have, um, a seven-year-old little boy and a nine-year-old daughter. Uh, but on August 12th, our son sustained, um, a traumatic brain injury here at our home, um, that my husband and daughter were both witnesses to. Um, I was, I was here, but not, um, actually outside where they were. And so it just, um, the accident happened and we were life flighted, um, straight from our property to Texas children, downtown Houston. Um, and we have just been on such a journey since then, um, that we have seen just the Lord move in ways that we didn't even know were possible, honestly. Um, but to go back to that day, uh, that when the accident happened and, and we had called first responders and they had come and they decided we were going to have life flight, um, that needed to come. And I remember one of the first responders telling me, you know, there's, there's no way, there's no way that either one of you will be able to get on that helicopter. And I just remember praying and saying, Lord, I need on that helicopter. Like, please just get me on the helicopter. Um, and so once the helicopter landed, uh, 
the same first responder came back and he said, you know what? He said, we can take one. Um, the helicopter is big enough um, for at least one parent to go. And I remember just even in that moment saying, thank you. Like I knew that God had answered that prayer even yes. then. Uh, and so I was able to actually be transported with our son down to uh, the hospital. And if anyone has gone through something like that, your mind it, it can't catch up with what is actually transpiring before you. It's um, a very out-of-body experience um, to a degree. And so once we got to the hospital, um, we landed and they ushered um, us into the trauma center. Uh, we were met by about 50 probably doctors waiting for us there, um, did some initial assessments, uh, decided that he needed to go into emergent surgery to relieve the pressure mm. on his brain. They, they took him into his first surgery and they proceeded to, they led me to just a little waiting room and said, you know, that the chaplain was with me. Obviously when the chaplain comes, um, you know, that, that things are in dire um, straight. So we, she sat with me for yeah. a long time. We, we, we loved on each other. She prayed with me. Um, and then I was left, um, kind of in an empty waiting room until his surgeons came out to give us, um, an update. You know, it was really in that moment. I think as I sat there, I made a few phone calls. I called our church and just people asking for prayer, knowing that this was so out of my control that there was absolutely nothing, um, as a mom that you can, you know, we're fixers, right? Like we, yes. we fix everything. Um, and we, we take care of the things. And this was a situation that was so far out of my control and my ability to fix. Um, and so I remember sitting there in that waiting room and, um, I ended up grabbing my phone and putting on some worship music. And, uh, I laid face down in that waiting room. I truly, have no idea how long. Um, I just cried out to the Lord in a way that I, tr I have never, ever experienced um, in my life. It was a pain that just, it, I mean, if I could have stopped breathing, um, I think I would have in that moment been okay. You know, it just hurt so bad. Um, not knowing, I saw my son's trauma, um, obviously. And so I knew that we were in the balance of life and death that, um, they had made that quite clear. And so I just began to worship. I began, I turned my worship music on and I laid face down in that waiting room. Um, and something, you know, the Holy Spirit truly just poured in. Um, and it had been, God, save him. God, we need a miracle. God, where are you? God, I don't understand this. Um, probably some anger um, for sure in there. Like, God, why have you forsaken me? And like, what what did we do to deserve any of this? Um, yeah. And as I laid there and worshiped and prayed, um, it was like this Holy Spirit just came and just wrapped around me. And, and my prayer began to just kind of shift into um, God, you know, you know, that was really the, the two words that I could, I just kept repeating them like, you know, um, you know, if he lives, you know, if he dies, you know, if he walks, you know, if he talks, like, you know, how this is going to the ultimate um, end in this. And so I'm just going to submit to you that your will is better than mine. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like any of it. 
um, and I and I desperately have a, what I want to happen and what I want to be um, the answer to these prayers. But ultimately, um, your will, I, I submit to that and just trust that your will is better and greater than anything I can imagine. Um, and again, I, I don't know how long I laid on that floor for, um, it was probably until his doctor, um, the plastic surgeon would have been the first to have come into the room to give me an update and tell me kind of how he was doing. But it was a long while that I sat in that space. Um, and looking back, people have asked me, you know, um, how did, did your what, when did your husband get there? And, and all these kind of logistical questions. And, and I guess those are interesting, but honestly, um, I re- when I look back on that moment, like that was such a gift, like that the Lord gave me the time and the space in the midst of it to be angry, to scream out, um, to just have that, mo- like I look back and of our time in the hospital, I'm so grateful um, mm. that I had a safe place to just pour my heart out before the Lord. Um, and had it have been any other way or any other person with, you know, I just think that, um, it was, that was a little gift for me was to be in that room with the Lord and just, uh, really pour my heart, um, before him having no idea what was to come and the journey that would be ahead and, um, our son's healing and, and even our daughter, as we've, you know, walked with her as well through all this, there was this moment between you and your maker, you stepped into this moment, this space created for you, for him mm-hmm. to tend to goal. the level of trust. When I heard you share the first time that Friday night at covenant, and you got, got to that point in your story, the first place that it took me to how you were describing this moment and then sharing what would come from any human being, that humanness, mm. that God does not hold against us. Okay. And in the core of who you are, once you were able to work through what was happening and you not even really having a window of time to make sense of anything in the natural, you dug so deep and found what I call a watershed warrior. This Mm. moment, that watershed word means that it's one way before and then Mm. that watershed moment happens and everything changes. And so you in that moment said, yes, you stepped in, you just pushed past and dug so deep into the core of what you had built your life on and what you had done day in and day out up to the point of that accident and this tragedy in the life of your family. Here in this moment, everything that you had tucked away, all of your moments in the secret place, all mm. of all of the moments that you chose to fast, that you chose to mm. pray, that you chose lean in and press in here you are this is this is the moment for you of god you said this and then deep 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 down in your spirit you said i know this is what i believe whatever whatever the circumstances whatever's happening in there with my son you went Mm -hmm. to but i trust you right in the core of my being you got down to the truth in your own heart. And that is, I trust you though. That's the truth. I trust you. Because had you not 
truly trusted the heart of the father for your son and for your family, you did the exact opposite of what anyone would expect you to do, Lindsay, and that mm. is to worship. Right. Because if you didn't believe that God was going to come through for you and trust him with the outcome, whatever that looked like, because you just kept saying, you know, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think about that's the words of life that you that you were speaking out. God, you know, you know. I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm -hmm. the crushing and pressing, and he said, Father, take this cup. And he said, but not my will, yours mm -hmm. be done. Right. Pushing through and digging deep past my humanness, my humanity, mm. because nothing makes sense for me to worship. Right. But the trust, the trust I have in you of what you've done for me before, I'm trusting yeah. that you're going to do it again. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um, I'm just so thankful that he, that God is just so faithful in, in these moments of that I could, you know, we don't have to clean ourselves up. If I tell you how maybe ugly and <laughs> um, it was just wrestling through and trying to let my brain process and catch up with where I was, but also like just the physical posture of it. Um, I've thought and reflected on a lot too, is just tr like, just laying, like I've in my relationship with the Lord, when I can come and physically put myself in a posture of worship, if that's, you know, laying down on my knees, whatever that is, like it, it shifts perspective for me. Um, and it allows me to, um, just realize who he is and who, um, and, and how good he is and that his plans are perfect. Um, and so I think that was, uh, you know, just something else that I've through the whole year, you know, as that we've reflected over the last year, just a lot of times remembering um, and putting myself in a in a posture of worship, physically, but then mentally and emotionally, and all those things as well, um, and giving space to um, just allow him to meet me there um, has been really just kind of my, um, therapy, my, you know, my go-to over this past year is, is how can I do that to, um, just worship the Lord in different ways. I love that. I just love that. It's pure power. And yeah. it's, it comes in that moment of, as you're saying, a posture of worship, that worship completely removes human limitations mm. because because worship, yeah. when we come to God in, in the posture of worship and we are completely surrendered, and I believe that's essential, that we can stand and we can say worship, but it is spirit, soul, body, heart, mind, mm -hmm. and will completely surrendered. And, you know, you and I could, I, we could both say that Sometimes it takes a little bit to get to that, you know, point because oh, maybe sure. we're like, oh, okay, God, I need to worship you. Worshiping, you know, it's it's not only praise and worship, like you know, mm. singing, or that it it looks, you know, worship looks different. That it can it can be sitting, it can it can look like being still and knowing that He is God. That a life fully surrendered to Him and mm -hmm. and worshiping, and it's 
it's just that complete focus on him and who he is and setting aside who we are and what we're not and all the demands and everything that life is throwing at us. And sometimes we're still thinking about the laundry or how we need to go, (laughs) (laughs) go work out or whatever, you know, or pick up kids or, um, and it's like, okay, okay, come on, mine, come on, come on. But when we hit that point of real connection, it's, Mm -hmm. you just know it hits you and it's like, I'm connected to my maker. I'm connected to the living God. Like here we are, you and me. I want, I want all of you. I give you all of me. And it's the limitations. Like to me personally, coming in a posture of worship, it takes the pressure off. It reminds me who I am and it reminds me who he is in that moment that the pressure comes off. And like you said, that we buy into this lie that we got to get all cleaned up. Mm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, the cleaning happens when we're worshiping. Like that's how he cleanses us, right? Day in and day out throughout the day. Uh, We shared at the leadership brunch that praying and when the scriptures talk about praying without ceasing, that I I look at that as communing and abiding all day long with God, that it's, it's Mm. a, it's like a revolving door uh, with my spirit, with the spirit of God and just in and out throughout the day, that, that constant communing with him and abiding with him. And I love that you, you brought that up that we think we have to get all cleaned up before we bring ourselves. And, you know, you know, I think about that moment that you're describing in the hospital and in this mm-hmm. weight. And that's, I've really been meditating this week on the word weight and waiting. Mm-hmm. And it seemed day, I felt like everything I looked at on Instagram was whether it was Maverick City singing or Pastor mm-hmm. Jensen Franklin kept seeing that it was that message on Monday was don't waste the waiting. Don't waste the way. I think it was Pastor Craig Groeschel. You didn't waste the waiting. Like you were like, this doesn't make sense. But you, you got down, literally physically down on your face. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say too, um, speaking of waiting, like the, the scripture that in that kind of in the day that the night we got there and in the first few days that we were in the hospital, um, the Lord gave me Psalm 27 and 13 at verse 13 and 14, it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And I have that, um, you know, highlighted underlined in August 12, 2021 is, um, and bold around. Cause that was really the scripture that, um, you know, in those first few days of just seeking the Lord and how, um, the journey that was going to unfold before us. Um, those were kind of my, my scriptures that I just held on to those two verses, um, and proclaimed them. And I said them over Lord, your promise tells me that I will see the goodness of the Lord again. And I don't know how that's going to look. And I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, Mm. but I need you. I want, I want to move my heart to where I can see it the way you see it. Um, and I want to move my heart so that, uh, you know, my eyes, your, you give me your eyes, Lord. That was also a big prayer for me. My son, he, he had some, you know, trauma, 
um, to the front. And so there's been plastic surgeries and all kinds of things. And it took me a long while that even, you know, we're a year out, but you know, it's still hard. You see your perfect baby and then you see them in the struggle physically, um, through the surgeries that he's had to have and through, you know, Psalm 27, 13 and 14. And then my prayer of just like, God, give me your eyes. Like, I want to see it so differently. Like I want, um, to just look at him and see the miracles, um, that you've put on him. And I don't want to see surgery and scars. And I don't want to look at it the way that the flesh will look at this. And that has been a journey in itself too. Um, cause the mama heart is, is a hard, <laughs> uh, yeah. we want our babies to be so perfect. Um, not necessarily behavioral and things like that, but just, you know, um, we don't want them to hurt and have to experience some of that suffering. And, um, it's taken me a while to, to come through and, and the Lord has, you know, of course been faithful to that, but it has been a hard, a hard place on that, but been my prayer as well. Just give me your eyes, Lord, give me your eyes. Yeah. That asking God for his eyes, redeem the lens that I'm looking through right? That perspective of that, that view of us from heaven is so Mm -hmm. very different that what, what God sees knowing that he's in control of the unseen and that trust again of saying, God, I don't understand this. How how many times I've said that in my life, that, that, that for me in my adult trauma has been, you know, over the last five years, uh, in those first two to three years of the last five, um, you know, even, even in the middle of the beginning stages of writing my book is that going back into some of those dark places of my story, realizing that what I clung to was this, I don't understand. And I trust you. I right. began to even exchange that word, but for, and because yeah. What God kept bringing to me is that Juliet, pain and power coexist. They're not mutually exclusive. That you are, I mean, Lindsay, you're describing that you are still walking out some very hard, painful places in in your story and watching watching your child suffer Mm. and and watching what he's walked out yet in the midst of all of that, that the beauty for these ash heaps that have been around you constantly, mm-hmm. how many days have you had that you have had to choose to see the beauty that you have oh. had to choose joy, that you've had to choose peace that you have cultivated an environment and created a culture in your life and in your home of worship, because that's kept you. I mean, it sounds like this right. has been the the foundation of, of this chapter in your story is God keeps bringing you back to you worship me. I'll keep you. And right. you'll know that I'm keeping you if you stay surrendered. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I think that it's incredible, you know, and I'm sure for, for your journey as well, people, comments of, you know, you're so strong, um, and you've endured so much and yes, those that's true, but there has been so much wrestle, (laughs) wrestle, um, 
through it and the promise that, you know, in my weakness, he is strong. Um, because I, I, I think not maintaining that heart of worship and that posture of trust and, um, it would have been easy to have fallen into, um, resentment and bitterness, um, uh, just as an outcome of Holden's accident. I'm a reflector. I like to remember, um, I do gratitude list. Um, and a lot of times over the last year, I, I take myself back to August 12th or that week. And I remember where we are. And then I think about where I am today and, and I need to continually reflect on how God has been faithful in our story, um, before Holden's accident. And then obviously through the accident. And I tell people that because it's like, if this isn't me, yeah, if, if left to my own devices, um, I could be very angry, uh, at the situation and circumstance, um, but I promise it's, this is what the, the Holy Spirit in and through me. Um, it, it's not about sheer power in your way to get to the other side, you know? Um, and yeah. so I always, I'm always so sensitive to that because um, I think in those breaking moments, <laughs> there, there isn't anything in our flesh we can do. And, and just remembering, you know, who the, who the Lord is and, and that he has been faithful and, and knowing his faith, you know, we can read about it in the word, obviously. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm just really, the, this is the Lord's strength and my weakness. And I, and I'm going to hold on to that. Yes. I mean, I would say that in my uh, life is daily. There's, there's right. something jabbing that's like, you're weak. And I'm like, right. I know he's stronger, <laughs> right? I want to circle back to something that you yeah. mentioned that when you were talking about the scriptures that you leaned into. I identify that as strategy. The scriptures truly are the blueprint that God has given us to live our lives. And going back to the scriptures in your journey and mine, it would be that we could say, if someone were to ask us, Lindsay, Juliet, how did you do this? Mm. And it does, it does go back into the why of why we're doing it because our why has led us to the how. The why in your story and in mine is that because we have a story to live and there is a narrative that the enemy of our soul wants mm. us to live. And then we have our hero, Jesus Christ, mm. who invites us to step into the new, step into the new, step into the new. Why? Because that's what he offers every human being on planet earth is mm. the new, the new, mm -hmm. the new. And you clinging to worship, you clinging to scriptures, to community, to fasting, to praying, to worshiping, to lean into all of that day in and day out. How did we do it? Those are the rhythms in our lives that right. have cultivated that warrior spirit to be able to say, Lindsay, how did you turn to worship when you have no idea what's happening in the other room with your son? Right. Right. Like how, how did you do that? And I look back at your story in that moment, this defining moment in your life. 
what you had been cultivating in your life up to that point. What do the rhythms in your day-to-day life, what did that look like leading up to that moment? Because it is encouraging and inspiring the hearts of others to, to be in that posture and to have those soul care tools and to be able to know what to do and, and what to turn to, what to pull out of that spiritual toolbox. Right. And be able to say, I can lean into this, you know, it's, it's not, if war is going to show up in our lives, it's when, right. and, and we're battling that out. So, yeah, I would say that, uh, my, my quiet times, as I call them, um, with the Lord normally is my coffee, my Bible, my journal, and that is every morning. Um, and depending on the day will depend on what time the alarm gets set for. Um, but it's pretty early is how I like to start my day. I, for me, it has to be in the morning. Um, because if not the day just, um, goes too fast and, <laughs> and, um, I'm too tired at the end of the day. So I'm a early riser coffee Bible journal. Um, and normally, you know, uh, depending on the day will depend kind of how my time is, but I try to spend at least an hour if I can put a time limit on it, um, necessarily, but an hour just in study and journaling. And so that's, um, you know, I write out, uh, prayers, uh, my prayers, um, and prayer requests before the Lord in a journal. And then I have a study journal as well of just digging into scripture Um, and I normally just take a book at a time and just go verse by verse through it, um, in my own time. And so, uh, prayer obviously too, is just a big, um, point for me. And like you said, I kind of, I call it God consciousness, uh, and just throughout my day, um, my kids will laugh at me because they'll say like, mom, who are you talking to? And I'm like, Oh, just talking to the Lord over here. Um, And so really just kind of at that time cooking or if I'm doing laundry, uh, just, I, I have a, a a place to go and pray and get on my knees before the Lord, but then also just kind of the carrying it with me all day long. Um, and little things that I'll tell my children, you know, if the light turns green before I get there, silly little things that I'm like, Oh, thank you, Lord. Like that was for me. I appreciate that. Um, and so just a constant conversation, uh, with the spirit and trying to be in tune and discerning things. Um, but, and then also I would say my other big thing, which kind of goes back to that moment is I do, I play a lot of worship music. I, uh, I had a mentor once just, we talked about kind of the subconscious element of things and how even just having worship in the background of your home while you're cleaning and just creating a space subconsciously that you're honestly not really even aware of. And so, um, my kids know they call it my Jesus music and it's going to be on normally, um, when you come in our house in a low setting somewhere. Um, and so I think that's where really when I came into that waiting room and just this quiet space, it was almost like a a longing that I need, you know, like a pool to put on the worship music and just sit in that space. But, um, I think because I can't, I leave it on in my house and and it's constantly kind of in the background of my day to day. So yeah, those are kind of some, some of my daily, uh, I'm a big journaler. I believe in it. 
I'm so thankful. I have journals from when, you know, this Holden's accident started, but just being able to go back and, and really pull the thread of God's faithfulness even more so through, um, as I've gone back and looked through journals just from the past year of where we were and what the Lord has done. And so I think journaling is a great, great way to sometimes get thoughts and emotions um, out of us and onto paper and kind of submitted before the Lord. So I love that. Yes, I am hardcore about journaling. Someone will start (laughs) talking to me and I'm like, can I ask you a question? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, have you ever journaled before? Yeah. I'm like, I've been, it always seems like, you know, I've thought about starting or I've been thinking about it. And then they're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I got, now I got to go do it, but <laughs> it is, you know, it's a cathartic process and it's uh, so healing and it is, uh, I believe it's, it's essential to day-to-day life. And it may just look like a really short entry in some days, mm. maybe four or five pages, you know, but it's a, it's an opportunity opportunity for, for us to put our pain to paper, our triumphs on paper, you know, the little things, the nooks and crannies of our day and the things that happen because we think that, but the, the reality is we, we don't often remember that. And you used a word reflection, uh, Mm. is so powerful. And I look at reflection like an evergreen gift that just keeps giving to us because when we can reflect and look, and when we have those moments in our life where, our circumstances are screaming at us, like, where is God now? And you can reflect and begin to flip back through some of those pages. Look at these past experiences that we've had with God to define your present circumstances that look so grim that we can look back and build ourselves up in our faith and say, Mm -hmm. yes, God you did it then you will do it again because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like you don't change. Even when my circumstances do, you are, you are constant. Your love is constant that God, God is love. And he is, I love that you said, uh, God consciousness. That's Mm. so good. I might have to steal that. (laughs) I'll give you, I'll give you credit. I love that though, God consciousness and the subconscious, um, that's, you know, that's another piece of it. Another layer that Mm. is our subconscious is what is running or ruining our lives to get our subconscious acclimated to God consciousness and to know that it, it goes beyond, it breaks the barriers of just being aware, but that we are, what we are actually Uh, taking control of the environment that we're in to create a new environment. I love that worship. I, that resonates with me because there's, there's always music streaming in in our house, Mm -hmm. uplifting Mm -hmm. and encouraging and to create an environment. And that this, this was your environment in your home, right? In your, in your sanctuary at home you knew because that's the environment that you live in. You were able to take that same environment and just, it's, it's in you, right? It's not inside the four walls. Like that is, that is on the inside of us. And so if you're in a, you know, a helicopter being life flighted Mm -hmm. with your son, or you're sitting on your couch at home, watching, watching a show that, 
that it's on the inside of you, you know, that's on the inside of you. And so this is just a, an outward, uh, an outward reflection of what's going on in you. Lindsay, you just slipped into posture with God, Mm. you know, you slipped into the same posture that you have cultivated in your life at home in your day-to-day life. And when tragedy showed up, you said, I know exactly what to do. Mm. I know yeah. exactly what to do. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I've, I've honestly never thought of it that way. Um, but I, as you say that, it, it reminds me when we were in, after initially coming in and Holden had surgery and then he had, he's had multiple surgeries, but we were in ICU for probably two weeks before two to three weeks and an ICU, it's a very closed off, obviously, um, the, the floor and, and the rooms, um, and things like that. And one of the, the nurses told me, she said, it just is different in your room. She's like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it to you, but she was like, everyone knows that Holden's room is just different. And, um, we were very particular about words spoken. Um, and I don't know, maybe someone that is going through something or in a moment at the hospital or suffering or anything like that. Um, we were very cautious and words spoken in his room. We were cautious of the environment from the point that he was in ICU all the way until we were discharged. Um, what we allowed doctors to speak in there and over him, um, and just the atmosphere, we tried to just really protect, um, with music and, you know, our study Bible study and, and things like that and prayer. Um, but one of the, I'll never forget that Laura, her name, one of our ICU nurses who said, she was like, it's just different. Like, I don't, Mm. not sure, but this, there's something, um, that's very tangibly, um, in a feeling way different when we step into Holden's room. And, and of course I would say that's the Holy spirit here moving with us. Um, but we did try to really cultivate that even there in the hospital, it was really important to us mm-hmm. to do that because a lot of the, the doctors would speak things, you know, as, as they do, um, they give prognosis and, and, and worst case scenarios. And so, uh, we were, I was always like, hold on, let's talk outside. <laughs> this That's is a true. safe space. Uh, we'll, we'll go outside for that conversation. We're so cognizant of, and so where you own that space. I almost put signs on the window. <laughs> Like I, I thought about it because the, the ICU rooms are glass walls and yeah. I almost thought about like, you know, no negative, like what I was thinking about what to put. And I was like, no, I think I can probably just grab them and, and take them outside before anything is said. Um, I was that kind of aware mm. of it because they were just, there was a lot of, um, we're going to give you worst case scenario and my spirit just, um, rebuked a lot of things that were, you know, were being said over him and and what his recovery was going to look like. And I just, it was so in me to protect it. You know, those moments for us that we choose, we Mm. choose to, the doctor is there on assignment to do what they need to do and function professionally, how they need to, to convey information to 
us as the, as the patient. Right. And then it's up to us what to do with that information. And, you know, it's faith isn't denying the reality. Oh yeah. Right. It's right. We can't deny that Holden was laying in that bed and the journey that that would be ahead of you and your family and it's, it's not, so faith is not denying the reality of, of, of what we're looking at and what our situation is and hearing mm-hmm. the words of, of the doctors and the medical staff. My viewpoint on that has always been, give me all the information, give me all the details because I know how to pray. <laughs> so Absolutely. What I know is that you're doing, you're doing your job. Now I'm going to do mine. <laughs> right. That's right. You're, you're you're doing, you're doing what, what you're going to do. And thank you for that. Okay. So yeah. shut the door. <laughs> yeah. And like let me you, get like to you work. Did, Lindsay, I'm getting <laughs> flat on my face. Yeah. Here we go. God. Right. Like <laughs> let, let's do this. And yep. that nothing takes God by surprise. No, nothing in our lives takes God by surprise ever. No. He has provision emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, he has provision waiting for us, whatever the outcome, right? whatever the outcome that we trust him, that we can trust. And it, and that trust comes from the relationship that we step into that Mm. we keep saying yes. And for the listener who doesn't have a history with God, that may mm. say that may be easy for you and Lindsay to say because uh, yep. X, Y, and Z has been to me. I want your heart to hear to me that today is a day. Mm. Today is your day. Right. To rewrite your story, you can live a new narrative. And Lindsay, just yeah. as in your story, you had that moment because. You could have chosen to believe that God had left your story. Yep. You could have chosen. You could have chosen to not get down on your face and worship. You could have not stepped into that moment of worship and removing pressure of that feeling of those walls caving in on you and attempting to devour everything that you had known up to that point of who God has been in your life. And you came toe to toe with the worst thing that any parent Mm. would ever come to face with, that potentially your child might not live. It's not like you were given this diagnosis of Mm. holding surgery. And I can promise you there's a guarantee, Mrs. Tutto, that your son is going to come out of this. And then you said, great, I'm going to start worshiping. You didn't know you worshiped anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to, I mean, it's such a, it's, it's such a hard place and, and a beautiful place. Like you said, like the, the, the pain of it all, but then just the presence of the Lord of it all too. Like it's, I've tell people at times, like it's hard to, to put into words some of these moments that, um, the Lord, you know, and that I've had with him through this journey. Um, but I also have had parents that, you know, their healing was their baby, their child, um, going to be with Jesus. And I have 
spoken to parents since Holden's accident. We as parents, we just, we want what we can only see as the best for our children. Yeah. And I think that is just a place that as parents, I think we will wrestle with, um, because I, you know, I, I came to that place, I think of submission of saying, God, if, if Holden doesn't survive this, then again, I will, I will trust that that is what is in his best. Like that is the best for him is to come and to be with you. And he loves you. And I know, um, he will be with you. Uh, I don't like that. I will be honest. I don't like that. And it will be a journey of healing, um, that I will have to walk out with you. And so I just want to speak to that, to any listener that maybe has lost a child, like, um, the Lord is so, so, um, near and he just wants to come into that space and pour out his love and his comfort for you. And we may, it, it may be questions that we have that we bring to him and he's ready for those questions. Um, and he's ready, um, to just love you through that. And so I'm just always so since, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that our journey Holden is still here. Um, and, and we have come to the other side, but I'm so sensitive to, to, uh, parents that I've connected with since Holden's accident. Um, and, and their baby is healed and perfect in every way, just not maybe how we had wanted it to be. And so yes. the Lord is near to that. Yes. Yes. He is uh, near to the brokenhearted. Uh, Absolutely near and near in every way in those moments of grieving and numb mm. and bereaved and attempting to make sense of tragedy and trauma and pain that peace that he desires to to give us mm. and to send us someone like you Lindsay who has mm. walked through through this with your child Right. Did you ever find yourself in that moment with Holden looking at him, feeling that just the holiness mm. that you, that of what you, of what your child had come through, like you're on holy ground? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, he went in um, to a major surgery. It would have been a year ago tomorrow will be, he went in for his first, uh, post kind of coming in an immediate trauma surgery to relieve the pressure on his brain. He went into about a 10 hour plastic surgery, uh, to reconstruct his left eye orbit, uh, facial fracture fractures, um, sinus reconstruct, a, a large surgery, um, and I remember just staring at him before that surgery. And he was, of course, just swollen and all kinds of um, things. But the Lord just saying, Lindsay, the heart that you have for him is the heart I have for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and I sent him many ways. And I, it'll make me cry because it, um, and I remember, and he, the Lord was just like, I love you that much. And I love Holden that much Mm. Um, that I did. I sent Jesus to suffer, to endure so that, so that uh, you and I could have relations so that I could pour my love onto Holden. Um, And I remember just sitting in the ICU room, staring at Holden and just 
like in awe of who the Lord was, um, and in awe of him, you know, just being in that moment of, um, you know, he said, I made, I made the mom and dad heart. I know, I, I know what you are going through. I know what you are feeling. Like I've felt it. Um, and so rest, rest in this place, um, that I'm here and my, my will is better than you can imagine. And so, yeah, I think, gosh, I could, there's just so many stories over the last year that being one of, one of, um, the ones that really impacted me of just God's heart for us is more than I, you know, I don't know if our, our human minds can fully will ever be able to wrap around it. Like just how much he loves us in that, um, he did send Jesus, you know, here I'm begging an accident for my son to be saved and to not suffer. And then to know that he willingly, like he willingly, um, and Jesus willingly went to the cross. It's, it just changes the perspective. Um, and I think it shifted my perspective kind of in the journey. And I'm thankful it was early on and in it, the, and I think that kind of goes back to what you've said before. The Lord was just like, you can trust me. Cause I know, I know, I know yes. what it is and I know what it feels like. Um, and I did it by choice, you know, that ugh, just yes. like, is my, it's mind blowing <laughs> to me. This is so beautiful, Lindsay. Wow. Yeah. Like he's with us. He's sitting with us in our pain. He's sitting with us in our suffering. He never leaves. You know, mm-hmm. he never leaves. I have had so many, so many friends and family members that have lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. And I've always been that person that God asked to, to come in after mm-hmm. because it's even, you know, when the celebration of life services happen and everyone's there and the, the meals are coming and the, you know, the, the flowers are coming and then there is a moment when everything gets quiet and everything still and you are sitting there in the reality that you don't have that loved one physically on earth with you any longer and those moments of of sense making when when everything gets still and everything gets quiet and you're looking at the food and the flowers and you just Mm. want that person that loneliness to eat at us and chip away at the joy and and at our soul that I think about those moments for us of when we, we hit those, those places of deep, dark grief, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the scripture that says being endures for a night joy comes in the morning Yes. That Jesus has a night watch. Like the scripture is telling us, I know the nights are going to be dark. I Uh, know they're going to be hard. God knows if you can just hold on, light is going to pour in. Light is coming. Stand strong. Hold fast. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Don't grow weary in the midst of doing good. There's uh, just that that fresh courage that God desires to keep breathing and breathing and breathing and mm-hmm. circling back to you talking about you were so protective of anything that was said in the room that God that God says life and death are in the power of our time. Yeah. 
and yeah. that you were so protective of that you you said, hey, this is this is um I'm in here with my with my son. This is our space. So yeah, <laughs> let's take this these parameters. Let's take this out. Let's take this outside. Um, just so powerful and hearing your strategy and just your story and and mm-hmm. the process that you continue to walk out in your day-to-day life and the journey and how mm-hmm. you as a family unit have stood so strong in the face of extreme adversity and acute pain and trauma that you continue to exchange these moments, pain for power, pain for mm-hmm. power. And you do it and you're doing it day in and day out. And I think about your children that you're raising and how these children are watching mom and dad live this life as mm-hmm. warriors. Mm-hmm. That we're going to fail. It doesn't yep. mean we're a failure. <laughs> we're not going to get it right every time. But they see that they see what you're after every single day. When you said that your kids uh, said that it's your Jesus music and <laughs> that you're that you're when I'm when, when I'm quietly praying, I, I get lost in, in it at times. And sometimes the kids look at me and they say, is everything okay? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? They're like, we can hear you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm praying. <laughs> I think my facial expressions, you know, I get this intense look uh, is what I've been told on my face. And I don't even realize I'm doing it. So <laughs> just the just that's that's how we roll. Oh, Lindsay, I love you. Thank you so much for camping out today and sharing your story of resilience and your humanness with Mm. us and these sacred places that you've walked in and through with your precious family. And I had the pleasure of meeting Holden (laughs) when I was at Covenant. That little face, so beautiful, so bright the heart mm-hmm. of a champion looking at him the journey and the the story mm. that he is living to tell right of all that he's overcoming and i know that he has impacted so many lives mm-hmm. with his with his will to live yeah in his fight yeah he his is. teachers must be in awe yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it, it's it is um you know, the first responder, one of the first responders reached out to us after we had gotten to the hospital. And he said, I just wrote me the, as the kindest note. And he said, you just, I'll never forget. You know, he said just the sheer fight in him that day. And even, you know, I've connected with his first responders and I've stayed connected with our flight crew and they all just speak back to, you know, that day and just the sheer determination, um, Mm -hmm. to not quit, you know, that they just said it, I will never forget him. Um, he, he'll be one that we've, you know, remember and and we plan to maintain relationship with and, and keep in touch with because it just, the, the determination in him to, to keep, uh, to keep fighting. So yeah, he's, he, he's doing well. We are getting ready for second grade uh, and all the things. And so we are just, we just give God the glory and every piece of it, um, every single piece of it. Awesome young man and an incredible family. Oh, thank I you. just, I just love how, how you all have stood by each other and your whole family has stayed connected to community 
and mm. that village that's around you, mm-hmm. right, has been so crucial. Uh, and not giving into to loneliness and just because yeah. it can feel like that, a journey yeah. like this can feel so so lonely and we we oftentimes want to isolate ourselves when we're in pain you've chosen to keep showing up that transforms our lives and you continuing to lean into the scriptures to renew your mind so that your life will will continue to transform i love you you. i am so proud of you your book is absolutely incredible watershed warriors go get it it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now twice. I've listened to Thank it you, twice sister. and I'm waiting for my hard copy. I think we'll be here tomorrow so I can read it a third time. So it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, I've been receiving some feedback for, um, thank you so much for saying that you're so good to me. And that was not a paid advertisement. No, <laughs> that was free. <laughs> no, I had, I've had some people tell me that they plan to listen to the audio along with their hardcover because I'm, I personally narrated that. Right. And so they're like, I want to, I want to follow along while you're reading. And I'm like, that's cool. I love that concept. (laughs) And then of course there's, you know, there's the soul care information at the end and the tools and the questions. And so I I just love that. It's gone through it twice. I'm honored. I'm honored. I was sitting with you and I didn't even know it. I want to be able, I need a highlighter and a pen uh, for all the questions at the back. That's my, I'm waiting for the hard, hard copy to get to do that. So I'm excited. Hey, I get it. I'm a, I'm that way too with my books. I have certain <laughs> yeah. books that I look at them like a resource guide, right? Yes. And not, and not a, and that was really my heart with Watership yeah. Warrior, that it would not be just a one-time read, but that it could be a resource that women could pull on and off their shelf and go, and go back to, that it could be a framework for them to, uh, to create a new future for their life. So thank you again, friend. Love you. Thank you. Okay. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you again, friend, for tuning into another episode of Yellow Soul today with Lindsay and I, and I am so honored that you pressed pause in your day, and I hope that you gained some joy and peace and clarity along the way. My faith was certainly stirred up as I was even editing the podcast episode with Lindsay and I. I just stand in awe of all that she did and all that she came through and her beautiful son, Holden. What a warrior, what a hero he is. He is a fighter, and I cannot wait to see this young man's future unfold. And Hutto family, we love you. We are praying for you. And thank you to Pastor Heath and Melissa Cook with Covenant Church in Willis, Texas. If you're looking for a church home, a new community in Montgomery County, it is north of Houston, Texas. Their website is ccwillis.org. That's ccwillis.org. Thank you again for tuning in. Don't forget to go subscribe so you know when a new episode is released. And please review us, rate us. I love to hear from you. Thank you again, friend. Until next time, have a beautiful day. Cheers.